Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 You are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a November 8th Tuesday evening edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back. The Portland Trail Blazers, uh, which is why I know you are here. It is why I am here to uh, give you the latest on your favorite team. And the Trailblazers win this evening in Portland, exacting a bit of revenge against the Phoenix Suns, who beat them uh, last week down in the Valley of the Sun. And the Blazers win it 124-121 in a high-scoring game where there was not uh, a lot of defense played. But the most important thing that happened tonight, we'll get to the game, um, was that the Blazers lost Al Farouk Aminu for the game. He was doubtful to come back after leaving four minutes, you know, after only playing four minutes. And um, he did not come back, may not travel to L.A. with the team where they will be going to uh, play a back-to-back against the Los Angeles Clippers, who right now are the toast of the Western Conference at 6-1. and one. But he did not come back. The Blazers still managed to win because Damian Lillard was spectacular. C.J. McCollum was spectacular. And Mo Harkless, a guy who I started to talk about the other night with regards to how surprised I was with his play. He was averaging double figures, playing 30 minutes a game, averaging more minutes per game on the wing than the likes of Aminu or Crab. Plays 33 minutes tonight again, so he continues to rack up the minutes. Crab playing 32. Obviously, the Aminu injury had... A great deal to do with that. However, the Blazers do well. Harkless, uh, again, coming up with clutch buckets. He's really finding a knack for posting up down there, using his body to really create space down there against smaller defenders because most teams are going to throw a 
bigger defender onto Lillard and McCollum. And, you know, that's going to create a mismatch somewhere else. And Harkless is clearly bigger than Alfaruk Aminu, at least in, in terms of uh, uh, strength. Uh, Aminu's a little bit longer, a little bit better, I think, guarding against big men. But I think offensively, when it comes to using his body to get into position, to, to move guys around, I think Harkless is just a little bit better. Harkless, by the way, now through eight games, is averaging 12 points per game on 51% shooting from the field overall and 37% from three, 85% from the line, four rebounds as well. So Mole Harkless with 20 points for the Blazers tonight, pitching in, helping out the dynamic duo who had probably their best game as a duo um, combining tonight to score 71 points uh, on the evening. Uh, pretty pretty big night uh, for Lillard and McCollum. They uh, really just, you know, they both had it going. The Suns didn't really have an answer for them. This was, to be completely honest, you know, a completely offensive game for the most part. Neither team did much in the way of stopping the other team. If you look at the uh, final stats for tonight's game, the Blazers had an offensive rating of 122, but a defensive rating of 119. Uh, usually anything into, you know, above, far above the low hundreds is not good. So uh, at least defensively, offensively, you definitely want to be there. You like being in the, in the high 100s, the high, you know, the one, you know, I agree. You'd be great if you were being in the, in the one tens, but Blazers had a great offensive game uh, against the Phoenix Suns, and they needed it because they needed to hold off uh, some pretty good offensive performances from Eric Bledsoe, who, of course, hit the game winner against the Blazers in Portland's loss last week in Phoenix, and Devin Booker, who is just a fantastic player, uh, had 23 points, uh, but... Of course, the story for the Blazers remains, uh, at least overall. And I think tonight it was it it was finally the it came to fruition. You know, the promise of both of having both Lillard and McCollum on your team. Not to say that they hadn't both had pretty you know good games at the same time, but this is the first time they both scored over thirty in the game. Uh, McCollum really answered the call on Sunday in Memphis. Uh, with a career high, you know, tying a career high with 37 points and putting the Blazers on his back, basically leading them to a victory over the Grizzlies. That was probably their best win of the season. If you take into account the fact that they played Utah without Hayward, also that was at home. They didn't come through in their marquee matchups at home against the Warriors and against the Clippers I think that Grizzlies win was their best win and then they follow it up by improving on that I I I wouldn't say that this win against the Suns is a better win but it just shows this team's ability to grow 
and move forward. I think it speaks well to that quality of them, which I think they exhibited last year in moving from <clears throat> a team that uh, was 11-20 and 20 and, and couldn't close out games to a team that finished with the fifth seed in the Western Conference and ended up making the playoffs. And, of course, McCollum having back-to-back monster games is fantastic. 37 points against Memphis and then 33 against the Suns. Uh, CJ McCollum doing what I think a lot of people uh, expected him to do. But I also think there was... I'm sure there was a fair fair share of folks who were wondering whether he could continue to be an extremely efficient scorer, taking a a heavy diet of mid-range shots, and and, and being a guy that that connects on a lot of jump shots. And he's been shooting excellent from three, uh, just as good as he did last year. Uh, And it looks like he's he's comfortable getting the cup, obviously. He's had the ball in his hands a little bit less. Uh, because Evan Turner's been there, but uh, he's really been thriving lately. But, of course, uh, the man that uh, everyone wants to talk about, uh, 22 points in the fourth quarter for Damian Lillard against the Suns. Lillard is now averaging 32 points per game on 50% shooting, 39, nearly 40%, 39.7% shooting from beyond the arc. So we're just going to call it 40. And... Uh, 5.6 rebounds as well as 4.6 assists. Damian Lillard continues to keep his name in the MVP conversation as much as one can in a league where James Harden is absolutely shredding the record books. I hate to be uh, a pessimist about, about Lillard's chances, but uh, not, not to say that he can't win the MVP. The Blazers are ahead of the Rockets right now, and I think above everything that uh, is going to factor into Lillard's import- Lillard's candidacy as the MVP will be Portland's overall performance as a team because that is usually how the voters of the MVP award vote for that award. So that has to happen. And if the, if the Blazers and Rockets are close, I, I, I think that, it will ultimately, it'll be really tough. And I, I think the Blazers have to be considerably ahead of the Rockets in, in the win column by the end of the year. You know, to have to have a chance to not, to, to beat James Harden. And, and, and Harden has been absolutely spectacular. I have him on my fantasy team. I'm loving every minute of it. He's getting 30 and 15s like every night. He's He's already on pace to, you know, to have the most games of that than anybody has in a long time. And he is their point guard. He's their shooting guard. But Damian Lillard, still, it bears repeating that he deserves consideration for this word. He has been fantastic. Again, he saves the Blazers in a situation where maybe they were in a little bit of trouble because they took a, a big lead in the first quarter, but then... Phoenix chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And while the Blazers did not play well defensively in the fourth quarter, allowing Phoenix to go for 39 points, it does make it a little bit easier to swallow when Lillard 
can score 22 points, come up with big shots, get to the foul line late in the game, and put the game on ice. And he has been doing that with a a sense of control that I don't know if I've seen from hardly any Blazers. It, it reminds me a little bit of how the Blazers were when Aldridge was really clicking at the start of that 2014-15 season, the year that they won 54 games and uh, won the first-round series against the Rockets. I think you know Aldridge had that quality to kind of take over a game, and it didn't really matter where the defense was going to play him. And now Lillard can do that, and it's even more dangerous because he has the ball in his hands all the time, and he can put his stamp on every possession that he wants to. He can come out and 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 make plays pretty much whenever he has the desire. And he doesn't do that because he adheres to the system that they have, but ultimately the the system is still going to get Damian Lillard shots. It, he plays into the system, but ultimately he can get whatever he wants. And we're seeing that at a level that I don't think I've seen from him at all. And it's really remarkable to see he's averaging over 30 points. Not only is he averaging 30 points, he's doing it efficiently. And the Blazers are on a little bit of a roll now, three straight wins and a big matchup tomorrow night against the Clippers down in Los Angeles. So a chance to get a little bit of revenge against the Clippers for beating them in the opening week of the season. And also get a, a a true quality win against a top team in the Western Conference that is at the moment fully healthy, which as of right now, the only win that Portland has of that magnitude, I guess, of a playoff team would be Utah. So big opportunity for Portland tomorrow. Good, good test. And it's going to be tough if they don't have Aminu. I, I think that that is important to think about going forward because while Aminu has struggled so far this season and you can't objectively look at the way he shot the ball and the way at times that it feels like his confidence is lagging with the shot, but it... it it's not just the three-point shot. It's kind of all of the shots. He's shooting 28% from the field, 25% from three. His turnovers are about the same, and his assists are about the same. So he he's not really adding a lot statistically in terms of what you would like a wing who plays next to Lillard and McCollum to provide. You want defense, which he is providing, but you want someone who is capable on both ends. And right now, opposing defenses can treat Aminu like Tony Allen and get away with it because he has struggled to shoot the ball so far this season. And it's unfortunate for him in the middle of a time where he's having a rough shooting season to have this injury and... I think it also opens the door for Harkless to potentially carve out more of a role 
in the rotation or any of the other wings for that matter. We don't know how long Aminu is going to be out. He was just doubtful to return, and that obviously playing tomorrow in L.A. would probably make it likely that he won't play. And the way Harkless has played, it seems like there are minutes for the taking there if Harkless can continue to play well. I think Stotts is pretty content with keeping Crab and Turner in their current roles. However, I think this team needs Aminu. I think they're going to welcome him back when he comes back. I think they're going to need him. I think his defense is an important part to their identity because they don't have a lot of defense and they have not played a lot of defense so far in the early season. So I think they're going to need him. But I think that this brief time where if he's out for even a couple of games or just the Clippers game, it will be interesting to see. You know, We saw it tonight. We saw the minutes distribution a little bit tonight with how they, they filled in the gaps. Turner only playing 23 minutes. Shabazz Napier playing some minutes. Vonley playing some minutes. No Myers Leonard tonight. That could have been part of the the fact that the the Suns have a lot of stretchy bigs like Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender and, and, and perhaps Stotts wanted to match with just a little bit more pure athleticism out there. But I, I do think it's it's gonna be interesting to see how Stotts fills the gaps without Aminu and how the, the the players that are plugged into those gaps and given those extra minutes respond. Harkless responded extremely well tonight in th- nearly 34 minutes with 20 points. I read off his stats earlier. He's playing extremely well. At least on the perimeter has been the third most consistent player night to night in terms of playing time, in terms of scoring. So t- to see that ha- has been pretty remarkable, but... Aminu being out will present opportunities for Harkless, Crab, Turner, maybe Shabazz Napier like we saw today, maybe Noah Vonleys because Aminu plays the four. So uh, I think w- we really need to uh, you know look at how the Blazers play in these upcoming games because it, it, it could be opportunities for guys to carve out a little bit of a role because Chief does have a, a, a pretty big role, but I, I think it's fair to say that the rotation outside of Lillard and McCollum on this team can change on a nightly basis. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how the team plays if Aminu misses an extended amount of time and, and, and who steps up. And, and who fills in there, and if anybody fills in there, and how they deal with that. Blazers are 5-3 and three so far in the season through eight games. They are winners of three straight. They are a half game back of the Golden State Warriors, who are in fourth, and the Spurs are tied with the Warriors. So Blazers pretty close to the top of the Western Conference after uh, falling to 2-3. and three. They are now 5-3, and three. so... That's going to do it for me on this edition of Locked On Blazers. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you listen to us on FanRag Sports, we would appreciate you subscribing to the podcast. If you if you liked what you listened to, you can find us on AudioBoom to find people who host our podcast and all of our Locked On podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network for the NFL, for the NBA, for 
college sports. We have a locked on Pac-12, so uh, we also have fantasy sports. So definitely everything that you need from the Locked On Podcast Network you can find on Audio Boom, also on iTunes, of course, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn. So be sure to subscribe to wherever you like to download and listen to podcasts. Leave us a five star review if you do time. And catch up after the Blazers take on the Clippers down in Los Angeles. Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls, plus up to 75% off clearance for the whole family right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only.